And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, and today we're talking with Ryan Loxmo, author of the book, Paul and His Team, What the Early Church Can Teach Us About Leadership and Influence. I'm a partner at Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We're Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration to religious freedom litigation. Yeah, we'll sue them for you if they won't let you worship. You can learn more about us by going to MaukBaker.com, M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243, or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date about developments, about faith and the law, or get our newsletter, and we'll tell you about religious freedom issues, particularly uh, in the Illinois and Chicago uh, area. There's a lot going on, and uh, if you get our newsletter, you'll, you'll be up to date on it. Today our guest is Ryan Loxmo, author of the book Paul and His Team, What the Early Church Can Teach Us About Leadership and influence. Uh, welcome, Ryan. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And uh, this uh, title of the book uh, sounds like you saw a need for teaching on leadership and influence. What what did you see, and what moved you to uh, write this book? So the book, the original idea came out of my doctoral work. I was writing my dissertation on. Uh, Paul's letter to Philemon, and just spending a lot of time thinking about first-century Christianity, and and as I did that, I became more familiar with these other people in Paul's circle, uh, people that you know you see their names mentioned in his letters, but we don't really know a whole lot about them. Uh, but I just became kind of fascinated with them because I started to see more and more of the valuable contributions they made. And so I kind of made a little note in my mind when I was a grad student, wouldn't that be neat one day to write a book about these other people? And then I got into full-time ministry after grad school and was facing leadership challenges myself on a daily basis. And I kind of revisited that old idea from grad school, and I thought, you know, I don't think it's a book that's just telling the stories of these people. I think when you look at Paul in the context of his team, there are some real leadership lessons and, and lessons of influence for us to learn uh, by looking at them as kind of a case study. And so I wanted to uh, not view Paul as, as kind of this singular, larger-than-life figure well, uh, let, in the context of his team. Yeah, let's start with Paul and his leadership, and, and that's something we're a little more familiar with. And then uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about the supporting cast and how they all interacted as, as a team, because I think there, uh, there are positions where every listener here is called to lead, and there's pos- times when every listener here is called to be part of a team and be supportive in how we, 
how we recognize that, how Paul recognized that. What, what were some of Paul's leadership challenges, and how did he meet them? Mm. There were a lot of challenges. Some of them were just related to the world of the first century. I mean, you think about this brand-new faith going out into the Roman world, uh, a place that uh, became very antagonistic to Christians and at times uh, formally persecuted them, uh, and there was a general suspicion about Christians for, for quite some time. So he has that cultural context happening. Well, that, that's, a, that's a problem that he faced, but what was the yeah. leadership that uh, he was challenged to uh, in terms of leading his disciples or, or uh, mm-hmm. leading in these new, new churches, and how do we see him addressing that in Scripture? Yeah. Yeah, so he he definitely uh, embraced an outlook of bridging divides. That was something he was constantly facing: was divisions between Jews and Gentiles, and slaves and free. And and so he, you see, for example, in one of the chapters of my book, I talk about building common ground. That was a, a leadership tone he set. And you see these examples all through uh, the Book of Acts that he would go into these synagogues if there were synagogues available, because you have a shared heritage with the Jewish community there, and he would speak about Jesus in terms of the Jewish scriptures uh, to try to build that common ground. But then if he goes into a place like Athens in Acts 17 or or Lystra, Acts 14, which were more pagan Greco-Roman cities, he speaks about Jesus in ways that would be more intelligible to someone from a, a pagan background. And so he was setting, I think, a leadership tone for the people around him that, uh, you know, we want people to encounter Christ, and to do that, we are going to find common ground and speak about him in a way that will be received and be the beginning of an ongoing conversation, rather than having an approach of kind of uh, going to culture war or pushing back uh, uh, against... Yeah, we're, we're, in those, we're in those culture wars. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk of the law firm of Mauk and Baker. We're speaking with Ryan Loxmo, author of Paul and His Team, What the Early Church Can Teach Us About Leadership and Influence. Uh, Ryan, we talked a little bit about Paul, but he had a tremendous supporting cast and uh, men that were uh, sometimes leaders but uh, often followers. You talk a lot about Luke. Uh, talk about his uh role as a supporter and a leader, and when he assumed those different, uh, put on those different hats, so to speak, and, and how, how that can relate to our listeners who, who are wondering, uh, what do I do? <laughs> how do I fit in? Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think Luke is a great example of someone we can point to uh, for inspiration for our own influence today, someone who by name is not very prominent in the New Testament. You know, he's mentioned a few times in passing in Paul's letters, um, and then in the book of Acts there are portions where it seems like Luke is present with, uh, with Paul in his travels, but, but he's not a, a prominent figure described in the New Testament, so he's kind of a little bit off stage. Uh, but, you know, you talk about the impact that he had. He wrote Luke and Acts, which together by word count, is more than all of Paul's letters combined. So Luke wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else, and uh, he was serving in Paul's ministry under Paul's leadership. He seems to have been a 
a traveling companion of Paul's. He, he accompanied Paul uh, even during times when Paul was in prison. Luke was around supporting him. So he was definitely someone who was uh, invaluable to Paul as a, as a friend, as a co-worker, as a supporter, uh, helping to meet his needs and, and uh, to communicate not only the gospel, the gospel of Luke, but also provide this wonderful historical framework of the first decades of Christianity with the book of Acts. And so you know, he's a person who at the time may not have been a very prominent figure, but when you talk about how his influence echoed down through the centuries to us, I mean, what would the New Testament be without the Gospel of Luke? And oh, a- amen, amen. And I, I see Luke as uh, a bridge also, that he he was a Gentile. I've had a lot of debates with uh, my right. Jewish believer friends who see all of his Jewishness, and it certainly was because he became a disciple of Paul, and sure. he, he learned the Hebrew Scriptures, but the book of Colossians uh, suggests pretty strongly in the context that he was a Gentile, uh, mm-hmm. and therefore he didn't have quite the same uh, background as Paul. He was uh, clearly a, f- a physician, clearly a writer, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, but he, f- he fit in and he absorbed uh, from Paul. Uh, he crossed over to learn over to learn everything he could uh, about being a disciple. And, of course, he joined the missionary team. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then at the right time, uh, God brought him into leadership. But he, I think, would, would you agree he paid his dues? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. If you, if you believe, for example, as many scholars do, that portions of Acts where he switches to the first person, voice, plural voice, where he says, we traveled here, and then we went there, that those are portions of Paul's ministry where Luke was with him, then yes, I mean, he was out there on the road traveling in these communities that were brand new, uh, bodies of believers facing all kinds of persecution, and and even if you look at the prologue to the Gospel of Luke, where he, he talks about going around and interviewing, you know, investigating everything about Jesus, talking to eyewitnesses, compiling all of this data, I mean, that there is a lot of work behind that, especially, again, when you take into account how painfully slow and arduous it was to travel and communicate in that world. So for him to be able to do all of that and chronicle everything that he did, we're talking years of travel and research. Well, I, yeah, and I think the lesson, uh, the lesson for us today is don't start out pushing yourself to be a leader, even if you have a leader capacities and ambitions uh-huh. those are good uh, yeah. and everybody kind of likes to be in charge and be at the center of things and be a decision maker but that's mm-hmm. uh, that's not where Luke went he, he said I'm going to serve I'm going to be mm-hmm. second in command or, or probably looking at the missionary team third or fourth or fifth in command yeah uh, and then and then as he learned and as he grew and as he served and as he matured, God moved him into different uh, positions, so we don't need to be frustrated if we're if we're not a leader. We need to to, to say where can I follow. Uh, we're talking with Ryan Lokesmall, author of Paul on His Team. We'll talk further about Ryan's book. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, and you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm attorney John Mauck, partner of the law firm Mauck & Baker. We're Christian attorneys in Chicago here to serve you in serving God. Today we're talking with Ryan Loxmo, author of Paul and His Team, What the Early Church Can Teach Us About Leadership and Influence. And we're all leaders at various times, and we all need to be followers at various times. And sometimes it's hard to sort out. Ryan, in your book, you talk about Philemon and Onesimus. How did they uh, struggle with and resolve issues of leadership and and when to when to follow? Yeah, that's. I think the the situation of um, Philemon and Onesimus is a great example of Paul's. Uh, leadership and and just the tone he set because here you have a, a Christian slave owner who was hosting a church in his home, Philemon. Uh, so he had a leadership role, uh, and then there's this runaway slave, a fugitive slave, Onesimus, who finds himself in Paul's circle, becomes a believer through Paul's influence, becomes a, a disciple, and now Paul has this task of bridging this cultural chasm between slave and free, which was uh, the the largest social gulf in the first century world was between slaves and free. And, and Paul, you know, he, he teaches about this kind of thing in Galatians when he says there's no slave or free Jew or Gentile, male or female. So he talks about it in other places, but this is this wonderful example we have, this short little letter of Paul putting into practice what he preaches. Here's a real example with two people in the Christian community who are separated by this massive social gulf. And Paul is saying, you're not supposed to view each other that way anymore. And so he's, he's encouraging and, and kind of admonishing Philemon a little bit that, that, you know, you need to look differently at him. He's, he's, you need to welcome him back as a brother in Christ. Welcome him as you would welcome me. And that such a revolutionary thing to say in the Roman world, which was so hierarchical, slaves were not even thought of as people. They had no legal standing as people. And so for Paul to say, not only should you accept him back you know, as a slave and not punish him for running away, you should view him as a brother. You should view him as me. And that's a pretty remarkable thing for him to say. And I think a, an inspiration for us is, as we think about what does it look like to be those ambassadors of reconciliation, like Paul talks about in Second Corinthians five? Christ well, well, yeah. Let's talk about recon- reconciliation a bit. How does this help us with the gaps in, uh, that we face, or the chasms uh, that we face uh, uh, socially? What are some of those, and, and how can we apply this uh, uh, teaching to our lives today? Well, there's so many. <laughs> In our culture now, I mean, uh, and, and social media certainly has added a lot of fuel to the fire. People, differences uh, in political perspectives, differences in theological outlook, um, just uh, all kind. I mean, there's just so many different cultural barriers right now that are that are highlighted. Um, obviously, within the church, there's continues to be divisions and churches um, kind of. Uh, disagreeing with each other, disunity among churches. So there's all kinds of of barriers and gulfs. Uh, of course, personal relationships that get broken are always part of the picture. 
And I think when you look at something like Onesimus and Philemon, it's such an extreme example. The division between slave and free, and particularly between a slave owner and a fugitive slave in the first century was such a huge gulf. To me, what that says is there's really almost nothing that's a divider in our culture today that's a bigger gap than that was. So if Paul was willing to speak into that situation and say, view each other as as brothers, you know, um, you've got this new identity in Christ, and that's the most important thing you have uh, that you share in common, that that transcends any other cultural identifier, I think we we should really take that to heart. And, And that's not the only example. In Paul's ministry, you see lots of examples of, of being relentless about reconciling. He did this with the church in Corinth. We had a broken relationship with them. You see it in his broken relationship with um, Mark when he split up with him in the book of Acts and then reunited later. So you see this picture emerging in multiple ways in Paul and his team of uh, they didn't pretend that conflicts weren't there. They were real about them, and they, and they bridged those divides. And uh, was it Paul taking the initiative in these reconciliations, or was it the the other party, Mark, or or those who, yeah. who'd been separated, or whose whose responsibility is it according mm-hmm. to Scripture? I think we all have a responsibility. I think that's the biggest. When you take everything together in all of Scripture, I think I think we all have a responsibility um, to to try to reconcile and be be active participants in reconciliation. Um, from a general leadership standpoint, I think that the person who's in the leadership role um, should be the one to take the proactive steps, and we do see that um, between Paul and the church in Corinth. Like in 2 Corinthians, you see that he was very proactive about sending Titus to be the go-between to really uh, pursue that peace. Uh, And then with Onesimus and Philemon, certainly the letter itself shows Paul was taking the initiative. We don't know exactly with Mark how that went down, but yeah. I think it's safe yeah, to but, but, but we take the initiative uh, wherever we're at. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, we all have that duty. Uh, Jesus said you go to, go to your brother if you have odd against him. Of course. Yep. You're, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker. We're speaking with Ryan Loxmo about his book, Paul and His Team, What the Early Church Can Teach Us About Leadership and Influence. We talked uh, about reconciliation, and I I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I'm not speaking with so-and-so, and and this isn't just between uh, Christian brothers, it's Christians and non-Christians, family members, and they're saying, I'm willing to forgive him, but he needs to come to me and apologize. Are you saying that that's not not the biblical uh, way to bring about reconciliation? Yeah, I don't see that in Paul's ministry, in Paul's life and uh, what his team did. I see them, I see him being very proactive himself about um, seeking out that, that reconciliation. Um, He didn't, he didn't just let things go. And so you see those examples of him uh, taking the initiative, even in second Corinthians, when Paul is, describing the pain he's been going through about that broken relationship. He refers to previous letters he's written where he says, I wrote to you with many tears and, uh, and, and the letters he's referring to 
it's not First Corinthians, so we know there are other letters that he'd written to the Corinthian church, and he's describing them in Second Corinthians as these, it's kind of pouring out his heart and showing his desire to see their relationship repaired. And, and then he talks about in Second Corinthians the, the joy he felt when Titus informs him that they'd come back to a place of, of love for him. And so just that situation, I think Onesimus and Philemon as well, but certainly the situation with the Corinthian church, you see Paul agonizing over that broken relationship. Well, this is something we love love about Paul is he, he wears his heart yeah. on his sleeve uh, so often. And, exactly. And and I th- I think uh, with the incident and the the split with Mark, uh we really see Paul a little bit uh impatient and uh somewhat of the cause of of the split, but he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't stay there. Uh, because right. uh, we, we've all had separations with other people, but uh, we need to be then in prayer about it and 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 not mm-hmm. stay there. And that's Paul's example. First, uh, of course, we don't want to uh, sever relationships, but uh, but that necessarily uh, happens in our lives. And so that's uh, right. We need to to go at it. Maybe even what make a list of. Uh, People we're not reconciled with, and and think about how we can uh, lovingly and honestly approach those people. Is is that what you're saying that Paul was doing? Writing letters, I, think, I suppose, is is a good yeah. Example. I I think it seems he seems to have been very uncomfortable with broken relationships because, again, the the very fact that he wrote the letter to Philemon shows he was not going to let this broken relationship stay. And you think about the geography there for a second. If Paul's in Rome in prison, which most people believe he was, and Onesimus is with him there, and Paul knows of this broken relationship with Philemon, who is hundreds of miles away, that was a lot of work to to make that reconciliation happen. Amen. We need to go that extra mile. Uh, We appreciate, Ryan, your calling in today. How can our listeners learn more about your book, Paul and his team, what the early church can teach us about leadership and influence? Yeah, so you can find the book really anywhere where books are sold. So it's not hard to find. If you just search in Amazon or any place like that, you'll find it, Paul and his team. If you want to find out more about me, uh, I created a unique uh, URL for this book. So you can just go to paulandhisteam.com, and that'll get you to my website. You can learn more about me and connect with me there. Thank you. If you have a need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malk Baker, at Malk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. Again, that's 312-726-1243 or at MalkBaker.com. We're a Christian law firm based in Chicago. Call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus radio for a free consultation. Again, our number is 312-726-1243. We thank our guest, Lauren uh, Ryan Loxmo, for teaching us about leadership and how to be a good follower, too. I'm going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody.